It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Locked On Lakers for Tuesday. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky. Kyrie Irving trade scenarios are starting to take shape. But how long is this whole thing going to take? That's next on Locked on Lakers. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how you get your podcasts, where you get your podcasts, never behind a paywall, always fresh Lakers content there uh, for you, especially now, Andy, when when things are percolating, whether trade rumors or free agent signings or other things. Um, and Locked On Lakers on YouTube is where you go to get the podcast often earlier than the, the audio version. You get to see us and hear us. Um, and you get to do it faster uh, by subscribing to Locked On Lakers on YouTube. Do want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So um, there was some interesting free agent stuff that happened this weekend that was sort of related to the Lakers, even though the Lakers didn't sign anyone since our last show. So we'll get into that. Jeannie Bus released a very cryptic, weird tweet over the weekend which is actually worth some conversation andy has thoughts so we'll get to that before the end of the show but uh yeah size, deep size um but uh we gotta start with Kyrie because uh apparently like this is a thing now where it's just a matter of when it sounds like if uh as opposed to if like are you getting any impression from anyone or anywhere uh based on our years of experience, Andy, of reading these types of situations, that this isn't a real thing that feels like it's going to happen? I mean, it sure seems like it's heading in that direction. I mean, A, because it's actually a repeat. Like, we're actually in the sequel version of this story, and the sequel didn't even take that long to come out after the original. I mean, like, right. frankly, it feels like the writer's room has run out of material really quickly, and they're just rehashing well, it was like, it was like It was like, you know... They, they got halfway through the season or whatever, and then it was like it died out. But then, twist, here mm-hmm. it comes. Ah, you thought it was dead, but now, you know, because the 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 change in context, which is Kevin Durant wants out, makes the Kyrie thing that much more likely. It's not a thing that you now have to overcome. It's a thing that actually pushes this thing forward. Yeah, I mean, it turns out who done it was Kevin Durant in this case. Right. Like, he's the murderer. He is the murderer of the Brooklyn Nets. And <laughs> like, you know, he had a co-conspirator in Kyrie Irving. Like, we're not going to let him off the hook. But it turns out the real mastermind of this crime, if you will, is Kevin Durant. And that has put Kyrie Irving as co-conspirator on the loose, so to speak, what? Um, in terms of this crime, <laughs> this crime novel that's playing out that the Lakers are reading. Um, it it does feel though like this is the direction that it is headed. I mean, you will hear 
snippets or you know little bubblings of other teams. Uh, those are fireworks going on in the background right now. We are recording it's the 4th this. Fourth of on July the- in LA, man. Like there's right. just going to be some noise. Dallas has been occasionally linked to Kyrie. Philadelphia has been occasionally linked to Kyrie. Philadelphia, by the way, is preposterous, as uh, the great Stephen A. Smith would say. <laughs> that is but, preposterous. And, and, and Things Dal- of that nature. And Dallas <laughs> it's as keeps... preposterous as Crab Rangoon. <laughs> the right. idea of Kyrie Irving going to Philadelphia to join James Harden. And every time Dallas comes up, too, it's like, no, we're not doing that. Like, it is. this is clearly one of those situations where you know, it's it is obviously in Brooklyn's best interest to make it feel like there is a more robust market for Kyrie Irving than there probably is. It seems Mark Stein uh, essentially said in his Substack, which everybody again should be subscribing to, it's the Lakers. The Lakers are the only team interested in this. Um, you know, in the same way that it sort of behooves the Lakers to make it feel like other people are interested in Russell Westbrook, but we know nobody's interested in Westbrook. He is the means to an end that theoretically could solve the problems that both of these teams have. Um, Also does remind you that every contract can in fact be traded. You just sometimes need a disgruntled superstar who's willing to blow up a team so that tangential pieces have like I, this, this whole thing is, you know, it is really quite a testament to the way the world works around the NBA. I mean, you and I, Brian, are not deep inside the world of the CBA like an Eric Pincus or a Larry Kuhn or someone like that. But I can promise you these next negotiations are going to be hella contentious. The owners are going to be demanding everything when it Guys, comes to trying we, to prevent this stuff. we got some we got some kinks we need feel yeah. like we need to iron out from our end um I I, I I we will we will get to this and i don't need to even to jump into this today but like this episode from the creation of the of the brooklyn super team including the lakers in the westbrook era you know to however this ends to the explosion of the brooklyn super team is going to be one of these sort of studied seminal moments in NBA history that I think really does change the course of how teams and superstars, particularly superstars as they get near and past 30, engage with each other, at least under the current system. It is going to be profoundly impactful for for how the league looks going forward. Yeah, and and one quick thing before we start getting into the particulars that we're starting to hear about the the framework of of a Kyrie deal for the Lakers Brooklyn, I really do believe, does not have any impetus to do this any quicker than they want. And, you know, there is always the chance of, a, you know, a sneak team coming in there deciding, you know what, screw it, let's roll the dice. Like similar to what Toronto did with Kawhi Leonard saying, we have an opportunity to not give up too much for a low risk, high reward scenario, maybe players that we thought in one way or another we're going to have to move off soon anyway or picks that we can afford to gamble with and a right. team like that because people I, I don't mean to cut you off but just people need to understand like we are past the point where to acquire Kyrie Irving you need to extend his contract right. or sign and trade or something like that he is a one-year guy right now or that that Kyrie could try to make that demand more specifically right. he, or try he, to but float he, but, it but, you really can't do he he doesn't have that leverage anymore to a team where they feel like they have to make a long-term commitment so you know you feel like you know he's probably going to be on his best behavior because he wants to get that next contract so maybe we could 
bring him over to a place where he wasn't necessarily looking at and just kind of play this game out for a year and see what happens. Right. It's similar, you know, similar with Kevin Durant. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think the Nets are going to be, nor should they be, in any desperate hurry to move him. I mean, the results of their season next year, Brooklyn's, are meaningless. So it's not like they need to figure this thing out in order to salvage 2022, 2023. 2022, right. 2023 is going to be a flipping mess. Right. And they they, know they that have matter. They have some draft capital that they got back, you know, in, in the Ben Simmons deal and all that kind of stuff. But none of it is related to their own picks. It's sort of like the right. Lakers. Like the Lakers, if they blew it all up, would have no sort of no incentive to tank because they don't control their own picks. They might get some other back and we'd all be rooting for other teams to lose. But the Lakers themselves, because they don't control their picks or even like if they were bad, like pick swaps and all that kind of stuff, might as well go out and win. Um, it does add a wrinkle though, that it's like, and Kyrie, I think to your point, Andy is the lesser of the two pieces that they need to worry about. They have to get the Durant part correct. And if they can do that after trading Kyrie, okay. If they can do that before trading Kyrie, okay. But whatever they think is most advantageous to making sure the Durant thing happens properly is the path they're going to take. They're not going to prioritize Kyrie over the Durant thing. They're not going to rush into it. I completely agree with you. Yeah, and I mean, again, they have no reason to rush into anything. Right. I mean, that that that, that doesn't mean it couldn't happen this week. It just means they're going to wait until they get the thing that they think they need. Um, there are some particulars now that are being floated in terms of what a trade might look like beyond Russell Westbrook goes uh, from the Lakers side. Kyrie Irving goes from the Brooklyn side. Um, intriguing possibilities, which we will discuss next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Arcade One Up. The one, the only NBA jam is back. Arcade One Up, the leader in home retro arcade games, is not only bringing back the best game ever, it is bigger than ever with a Shack Edition machine. One of the first sports games ever to feature real and digitized NBA licensed teams. No fouls, no free throws, and no quarters required now. Compete with friends and family through all new Wi-Fi leaderboards. Pre-order now from ArcadeOneUp.com. That's Arcade, the number one, up.com for an estimated early September ship date. Arcade OneUp is the place for fun. They got the classics like Golden Tee, Mortal Kombat, and many others starting at just $399. And they are giving away an NBA Jam Shack Edition to a locked-on listener. It could be you. Yes, you. Enter for a chance to win a game console for your man cave at arcade1up.com slash locked on. Again, arcade, the number one, up.com slash locked on. You've got until July 8th, that is really, really soon, to enter to win an NBA Jam Shack Edition console. Don't miss out. Enter today. Who are you going to play with? The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So Westbrook leaves from L.A., Kyrie comes from Brooklyn, but uh, there are more people that are being talked about in this deal, specifically um, 
some reports around who else the Lakers might acquire what you know in, in exchange for other assets being sent out, um, salary balance to make all this stuff work. Um, the Nets apparently would very much like the Lakers to take Joe Harris off their hands. He's got two years left at about 18 mil, I think, I believe, give or take a year. Yeah. Um, and Seth Curry is another name that is been being bandied about that the Lakers would love to have. He expires at the end of this year. His contract, not him. It's very important to make that distinction. Um, I, and it's I mean, about the, $10 million less. The Lakers um, would obviously prefer, I think, to have as little salary going forward as possible, which is always something that we talk about as uh, something that they completely overreact to. Um, do you... First well, of all, to be fair, a... Brian, the 2023 free agent class, it is pretty bad. <laughs> you got to make sure you save up <laughs> all you of your... Sure. Right. Yeah, you got to make sure you're at the front of the line for that one. Yeah, uh, yeah, um, very true. Now, you can trade people into free agency, but it's not all about signings. But yes, mm -hmm. point taken. Um, so I, do you have a preference between those guys? I'll be honest with you. I'd be happily take both. Mm -hmm. Like if, especially if the Lakers are giving up picks in this situation, it's like, fine, give, give me both of them and we'll, we'll send you the two picks. I'd be okay with that. Well, I mean, let me just say for the record, a THT, Kendrick Nunn, Russell Westbrook, Kyrie Irving, Joe Harris, Seth Curry trade is cap legal uh, for, for the nerds at home, keeping score with the math. Right. I, it's although I would think from Brooklyn's point, it's less about the, you know the THT none part of it um, as it is the two picks. Sure, I mean, but I'm just, I'm just saying you might need that just to make the math work, to, right. possibly depending on you know I, I don't have all the numbers in front of. But me, would but. you right? Sure, would you give up both picks to get Kyrie, Harris, and Curry? Would you possibly because then you're start you. You are starting to build out the depth of your roster in ways that makes it so potentially either THT, you know, especially because where he's at right now still is a question mark. Kendrick Nunn is a question mark because he didn't play last year. There starts to become less importance on those guys. You also have the ability then to keep those guys to possibly flip for somebody else or just to have them as assets. Right. Um, I would have zero issue with bringing on both, Cur uh, both Curry or Harris. This team needs a lot of shooting, and those guys are both elite shooters. Yes. Worth if I a quick reminder, both of those guys, uh, are both nobody they signed, I should say, over the, the initial free agent period can shoot. Like, nobody. Right. Honestly, if I, if I had to choose between Curry or Harris, I would actually take Harris. I think he is a more useful player for the Lakers on a lot of different levels than Curry. Even though I like Curry, I would happily have. But he's little. Both of Seth them. Curry. Yes. For, Seth Curry is six two. You know, he's listed at six two. Um, that that has always been the thing that until he really kind of established himself in the league was the problem. And you know, he, he a guy like Curry needed to really prove that he is a high volume high percentage shooter by the way both of these guys are career 43.9 percent three-point shooters like they are elite um three-point shooters to the and harris since 2017 2018 his worst season from three-point range is 42 percent. so even with the thing that happens to all shooters when they put on a lakers uniform and go shoot at crypto um, where they immediately lose like six percentage points or whatever off their thing like they, they can't hit the rim he'd still be like at 39 or 40 percent um and and therefore 
uh, would help them. They, they're starting. I agree with you. They're starting small forward right now is Troy Brown, perhaps. Like, no matter what configuration, if you have AD starting at center and LeBron at power forward, there is no universe in which a healthy Joe Harris isn't your starting small forward. Yeah. Um, he fills a position of need. Um, I agree with you. The contract would be valuable if, assuming again, he's healthy, there's a 0% chance you couldn't find a way to trade Harris if you need to next offseason. Um, he's one I, of the best shooters in the league. That guy will always have a job. I and value. Curry would be enormously valuable for this team, too. Just go get them both. You know what? Get them both. It's fine. Um, but, you know, I, I would love to see them do that and dangle the picks instead of, you know, math aside, do what you need to do to make the math work. In this particular case, if you're going to make this move, I would do it and try to hold on to as much infrastructure as you have because the advantage of getting Curry and Harris, if you can keep one or two or whatever of, your other guys keep as many of your other players as you can is now you actually have built a roster, a genuine roster with some sort of middle class in it, which was, you know, always been the, you know, has been the problem for the Lakers last year. You have guys who are not all-stars, but are pretty good players kind of in that middle ground. And they need that um, desperately. And if you're going to make the play for Kyrie for whatever, make it in a way that allows you to have a complete roster or as close as you're going to get, you know, on your hands. It also I, just not, would, I am not worried about, you know, this idea of salary, you know, cap space. Yes. I, I was just going to say it would be exceptionally short-sighted to let the Harris deal fall apart because you are worried about that one extra year on his deal, clean caps in 2023. It's like, dude, Palenka, this is your job. It's to be creative. And, you know, if the problem is Jeannie Buss doesn't want to pay for it, like, what are you doing? Like, it, it, it's what are we actually doing here? Right. But the, the idea that you would let that get in the way, I would I mean, look, really like to think is not going to be a thing. Look at what the Knicks did to get to to get, the, you know, the salary off the books that they needed to do to bring in uh, Jalen Brunson. Like, it's not that hard, you know, for players, particularly for players who have an incredibly marketable skill. Joe Harris you know, in his last full season shot 47 and a half percent from three point range. He's done that twice in his two of his last three full seasons. He shot 47 and a half percent. He is not hard to trade. That is right. not hard to move. That yeah. always has value uh, in the NBA. But, you know, to your point, there was some uh, questioning over the weekend with Lakers fans, because as they went into the weekend, uh, both Bruce Brown uh, and Otto Porter Jr. signed two-year deals at the taxpayer mid-level exception. We all know that on uh, Friday morning, uh, the that the Lakers or Friday afternoon, the Lakers very quickly used their big exception on Lonnie Walker. Uh, a lot of people were wondering about that, and I know Andy. We don't know why those two guys went somewhere else. Maybe they just didn't want to play for the Lakers. Both neither Brown went to Denver. Great situation there. Uh, Otto Porter went to Toronto. His wife is apparently from there. And you can never fault somebody to go play for the Raptors. But man, I want to know if they offered those guys, would have offered those guys or did offer those guys second year. I want to know, did they offer them second years? I want to know, did they give them more than like 20 minutes to decide? <laughs> I, I want to know, to be honest, did 
the clutch politics come into play mm-hmm. because this is uh, the third year in a row that the biggest earmarked exception has gone to a clutch guy. Um, and look, they I want to make you all call it the taxpayer mid-level clutch exception. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here, here's the thing. Like, to your point, Porter and Brown choosing other situations over the Lakers in and of itself is not something fans need to freak out about, about like the state of the Lakers or, you know. No. No. I mean, guys choose other situations all the time. What matters is the offer they turn down. Mm-hmm. That's what actually matters. Not that they right. ended up going somewhere else. It's the did they get an offer, and then was the offer serious? If the right. offer did, was, did serious, the Lakers only because if they only if they limited themselves to one year deals on that taxpayer mid level, they've made a terrible mistake mm-hmm. because a it limits your 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 talent pool, but also again, Bruce Brown is a guy who making six and a half million dollars won't be hard to trade. Otto Porter Porter is a guy that. Making six and a half million dollars, give or take, is not going to be hard to trade. And you know, the these are guys who are better players than Lonnie Walker. They just they're just better. Like they and they, they feel are, a more direct need for the Lakers yes, right now. No question. And um, you know, I, I thought Brown was gonna get a bigger deal than he did. So did I. Um I thought Porter could, but I figured he might be in that tax. Maybe the Lakers assumed the same thing and were worried about losing out, but you lose out on Lonnie Walker, who 97% of basketball fans wouldn't have even assumed would get a taxpayer mid Honestly, I did not. I did not. I knew Lonnie Walker was an unrestricted free agent. I didn't, and I thought he would be roughly in that range. He was not, though, on my radar for the Lakers just because I figured they don't need him. Right. Like or there's there's no pressing need for him. Well, I, I I'll be honest, based on San Antonio letting him go and all that, I actually didn't think he would get a full taxpayer mid. Well, I mean, maybe for one year you you know, you that's the trade off for somebody like him. But you know, a lot of people before we go on, like a lot of people have sort of compared him to it's Malik Monk again. They're in they are in they are in spirit trying to do the same thing. But there's a really big difference between Monk at the minimum as a resurrection project and Walker as your only taxpayer mid. Right. And there's a very big difference between those two things. Right. And again, um, so details it, are going to start coming out. And if they made a serious offer and gave guys serious time to think about it and Brown or Porter went in different right. directions, they might've said, whatever guys, you know, how about two years? I would have offered somebody like Bruce Brown a third year to see if that makes a difference, but okay, fine. If they say, yeah, hey, God, you know, like, no, we're, we have t- these three things. He prefers these three destinations. Great. Don't waste your time. Okay, that's fine. Um, anyway, Jeannie Buss, we'll find out more. Jeannie Buss, uh, tweeting weird stuff over the weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's mm-hmm. talk about it next. Lockdown Lakers brought to you by Built Bar. Okay, the Built Bar ba- Bakers scientists, geniuses over at Built Bar, they never stop finding new ways to spin forward their creations, and they have taken – the recent instant classic, the coconut brownie chunk. They've added some marshmallows, and boom, you got yourself a coconut brownie chunk puff. It's the coconut brownie chunk built bar, that flavor that you love, With but now it's got a chewy marshmallow and, as always, covered in 100% real chocolate. But low calorie, low sugar, high protein, made, as always, with the collagen protein. It's the good stuff. It's the stuff that your body absorbs more efficiently with tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and good for you. It's perfect when you got a craving or you just need a quick 
healthy snack. Coconut brownie, chunk puffs. They're only here for a limited time. So go to built.com right now. You don't want to miss out. Just go to built.com, order a box of the coconut brownie chunk built puffs right now. Go to built.com, use the promo code lock15, get 15% off your order. Again, promo code lock15, 15% off at built.com. All right. Um, so last week we we brought on a new partner for the show. Incredibly excited to keep talking about them today. Dewer, D-U-E-R. These are the makers of incredibly comfortable clothes, particularly incredibly comfortable pants. Um, and the idea here is it's performance clothing that's made very simple and very versatile. It's staple items. You can wear them with anything. You can wear them basically to anything. So whether you're going to the office, whether you're hanging out with your friends, whether you're going to the playground with your kids and running around there. It's lifestyle clothing that kind of matches whatever your lifestyle is. I've got three pairs of pants. I've got the jeans, I've got the live free adventure pants, and I've got the no sweat joggers. They are all incredibly comfortable um, and have basically become the three pairs of pants that I wear. Um, it's kind of cool, Andy, that we get to talk about a, a brand that we actually have had a chance to touch and feel and go in and try the clothes and meet the people and do all this stuff. 170 South La Brea in Los Angeles is where the physical store in LA is. Go in there, rub the fabrics, do all that stuff. Nobody's going to judge you. It's okay. Try the stuff on. You'll understand exactly what it is that I'm talking about. If you can only order online, duer.com, doer.com, either way, in store or online. Use the exclusive 15% off discount code locked on 15. Again, 15% off with locked on 15. These are seriously incredibly comfortable yes. pants with great shirts. They've got a whole line of stuff that you can that you can uh, you can try out. Um, again, 170 South La Brea in Mid City or doer.com locked on 15. So you, I know, Andy, have have always been a little bit wary of Jeannie Buss, not as a human being, but as an owner and whether or not she really is good at what she's doing in terms of, you know, really running the show for the Lakers this weekend was not necessarily a high point. I know for you in your, in your views of Jeannie. Yeah. I mean, and, and so it's clear, like specifically what I question with Jeannie is her, for lack of a better way of putting it, just the the willingness to be the the person who deals with all this stuff, you know, mm -hmm. like it's so, sometimes it feels like she wants to still be the genie bus that everybody loved, that was running the business side, and by all accounts, incredible at it, really, really good at it. Genie's a very smart, capable person. I want to make sure that I think that's clear. I've always thought that. But being the ultimate shot caller is a different deal. It requires you to have a different persona in a lot of ways. One that often you will not be as automatically liked. You will not be as automatically popular. And in certain respects, I think maybe you should be a little less online. And over the weekend, she sent out a tweet that I think certainly supports the idea of either being less online or being more careful with what you do online. When she tweeted out July 3rd, I miss KB, KB being Kobe Bryant. He would understand and explain everything that I'm not allowed to. Honestly, he was the greatest Laker ever. He understood team over self, meaning your rewards would come if you valued team goals over your own, and then everything would fall in place. All can reply, all being everybody that follows Jeannie on Twitter. This predictably caused a 
mass storm of replies and people all did Andy all did reply. Yeah. And, and people trying to sift through this thing, cracking the code, figuring out exactly what she is talking about. I also want to make clear from the get go before we start getting into the more cryptic sides of this to whatever degree this was purely about missing and mourning Kobe. That is obviously understandable and fine. Like Jeannie is, I'm sure. No, like a, a tweet that just talks about missing Kobe being sad about his death and just, you know, still right. missing them. Like they were really tight. It's like, right. that's these are, you know, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, it's, there's just a lot going on in this tweet. It feels like a subtweet for, for example, for, any number of potential people depending on how you want to read it which is i think part of what the reaction was is like wait a minute who are you talking about when you say you know that are there people in here who aren't understanding or are not putting team over self are you talking about russell westbrook are you talking about um you know the potential is it are you talking about clutch i mean who are you who are you talking about here when you make that thing or are you talking about Nobody, and you're just talking about Kobe. It's very unclear, and at a time where the Lakers are in this very fluxy sort of situation, sending out the owner sending out things that appear to be subtweets is not a good look. Right. I mean, it could be LeBron. It could be the incoming Kyrie Irving that you are allowing the perception that you don't think he is somebody that should be joining this team because he does not Value are you team. trying? Are you trying to send him a message to remind him about Kobe? Because Kyrie and, and you know had a you know deep respect for Kobe. Like you know, so like, are you trying to remind him of of the Kobe legacy? I don't know. You can't have stuff like this at a time when there's already been, you know, public misgivings between at minimum LeBron and Rich Paul. Anthony Davis at the last trade deadline when Rob Palinka did not make a move, a decision you and I both supported, by the way. Uh -huh. So it's clear Absolutely. to people listening at the deadline. I don't, neither one of us thought there was a deal out there worth making, much less worth sacrificing among the few assets they had. That led to, you know, the F them pick stuff and Rob Palinka presenting this much more like LeBron and AD were on board with his decision than I believe they actually were. Don't you know, there's stuff on me, they said. Right. And there's always been the appearances of push-pull between Team LeBron, you know, Team Clutch, and Team Lakers. And if you are Genie Bus, you you cannot be sending out something like this that is so easily either misinterpreted or perfectly interpreted either way that like the idea that you are putting out something like this that also sounds to be totally honest like you're painting yourself as some type of victim in the middle that was of the all other, this. that's like, the other that's the like, other half of it the sentence that i that really got my attention to this more than anything was he would understand and explain everything that i'm not allowed to which basically to me i read as I'm being blamed for stuff i'm people don't understand what's really happening and i I can't say certain things because of politics, because of, you know, feelings, because of whatever it might be. But if people really knew the truth, I wouldn't be getting the criticism that I'm right, getting. Right, but how would... That may, be not, that may not be what she means, 
but it sure comes off that way as somebody who's sort of feels like she's being unfairly criticized or unfairly sort of persecuted right but uh, what for, is she for the saying Lakers that if, shortcomings that if Kobe was still alive he could go out there and speak on her behalf about this like he would like, explain that he would explain what's going on here in a way that would let people understand the truth so that they wouldn't be critical of her i th- well, that's i mean that is that's how i read it and I, you know and if i gotta I'm be misreading honest. it that's again it goes back to the previous point i just it, it came off as a strange combination of Kobe mourning, which comes from an absolutely genuine place that neither one of us are questioning, no. and martyred, like sort of self-victimhood well, here but that to I, me, just, I a, didn't get. But there's a step beyond that, though, to me, when it comes to the Kobe piece of this. Because in certain respects there, you're using Kobe as almost like an imaginary sure. cudgel yeah. in certain ways. Like, like Kobe could have either put a stop to what's going on. Like, you know, he could have, he could have handled everything. He could have gotten the correct people in line. He could have spoken on my behalf. Like he becomes at that point, somewhere between a cudgel or a meat shield or a shield. Right. I was, about and, to, I was and, thinking more of a shield. And that's not, that would not be at least in term, who knows where things would have gone over the last couple of years, had that tragedy not have taken place, but that would not have been as we understand it. Kobe's role Anyway, and if Kobe does if Kobe does that though, everybody knows he's speaking for you in certain like one way or another, you are the person in charge. And this gets back to my original, you know, the original thing we were talking about with Jeannie. These are the things with being in charge that you need to be comfortable with. Like you need to be comfortable with if the politics, for example, are getting out of hand in ways that you think are actually hurting the organization you need to either be in front of it or empower rob palinka to be in front of it or empower somebody to be in front of it otherwise you can't complain if you feel like you're getting run over and then getting blamed while you're getting run over you are the most powerful person in this organization contrary to a lot of widespread belief yeah it's you It's, it's um it was a tweet that is a reminder that both everyone everyone has to be real careful about what you actually are posting on social media when you are representative of an organization like uh hers that you really have to be careful and that you know it is unfortunate that sort of people who have dual roles in life they are people and then you know genie bus is a human being who lost a friend she is also the owner of the Lakers. In the capacity of owner of the Lakers, Jeannie, who lost a friend, has to be real careful about what she tweets. Well, and so I, I, I yeah. just, I, you know, I, if you can't, you just it, it was, it was not, it was it wasn't a great moment in in my. Mind. I don't have a whole lot more to say about it, but I just, it, it it's just the timing, right? The timing was really bad. The timing is awful. Yeah, and look, um, it may, it may be just a really awfully tweeted version of sincere grief and still moving through this process and again both of us do not question at all what she's going through in that end with missing kobe neither one of us doubt that but i mean again you just gotta be way more careful it just it's not helpful yeah i agree 
Um, all right, so we'll we'll try to do some summer league stuff. We haven't had a chance to touch on that. Lakers in the finals of the California Classic, Andy. Summer league team just taking the world by storm here. The players have looked good. They have. We got some stuff to talk about there. Um, uh, and let's see, some more free agency stuff is going to be developing this weekend. Of course, we're following everything with Kyrie Irving. Reminder to make Locked on Lakers first listen of every day and make Locked on Lakers on YouTube your number one subscription priority. So you never miss any of the breaking news or, again, get the podcast a little bit early. We'll see everybody on Wednesday. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.